This is the Early Childhood Research Podcast, and you're listening to Episode 17. Welcome to the Early Childhood Research Podcast, where we tell you how the latest research can help in your home and in your classroom. Welcome. I'm Liz, the host of the Early Childhood Research Podcast. Last week, I had a request regarding early writing from Sue, who is an early years advisor in Durham in the UK. So today we're talking about how two and three-year-olds choose to engage with writing materials and what that tells us about them and their motivations for writing. You can find the transcript and references used in this episode at lizesearlylearningspot.com. Just click on the podcast tab and look for episode 17. You'll also find an infographic there that summarises the essential points. Today I'm summarising the research by Deborah Wells-Rowe and Karen Neisel. They were asking the question, what writing activities do very young children choose in preschool and why do they make these choices? The point, of course, is that if children choose to do specific types of writing activities often and then ignore other activities, this affects what they're learning overall. And we might find that in a class of 15 children, even though they're exposed to the same writing materials and similar pre-writing activities, their preferences and how they choose to engage themselves in the literacy opportunities around them means that in the end, they might have very different experiences. Based on previous play research, the supposition is that children will often show a strong preference for one of four types of play. They might be social, they might be creative, they might like to follow procedure, or they might be conceptual. As teachers, we do our best to get to know what interests our individual children have, because we can then use that as a gateway to engage them in learning. The findings of this research are really just an extension of that. It's not just finding out whether Jane loves bugs and if Davy loves to dance. It's extending that further and finding that there are definite patterns of play that children will engage in over and over and over. If we can see that our kids seem to fit into one of those four patterns of play or perhaps just show a preference for one over the other, we can make better decisions about how to engage them in writing activities and be more aware of what to expect from them. We can't expect the same outcomes from all children, no matter how much we're pushed from above regarding traditional areas of literacy. Children have different reasons for engaging with writing activities and their goals are different. So unless they're forced into producing some particular product, what we'll see at the end will be very different and that's okay. Mostly for two and three-year-olds, literacy activities are interwoven into play opportunities that children might choose to do or not do. And that's why looking at their play preferences is so important. Children, of course, are influenced by their families and their cultural situations. They have unique histories and experiences which shape them. So their preferences are not just a result of their own personalities and interests. Um, But uh, for today, we're just talking about how children like to play, no matter what uh, influences they've had in the past. Let's take a look at the four play orientations. I need to say here that some of these are simplifications of the research and also that children do engage in lots and lots of different types of play 
But research is showing that most children have a marked preference for one particular type and this affects how they approach other parts of their lives. They've learned to look through a particular lens and that lens affects not only how they learn to write but how they do other things as well. So the first is conceptual play. These kids like to focus on materials and their properties. They're interested in specific topics, dinosaurs, trains, space, much more than other children. These kids prefer playing with farm animals, with cars and trucks, with books that focus on their topic of interest. They like to ask questions and have discussions with adults around their favourite topics. Much more than other kids, they like to categorise their play materials. They like to compare and contrast their toys. When it comes to writing, they're very happy to engage in open-ended activities like drawing to express their ideas. While most kids like to experiment with the writing tools they're given, these kids tend to just use them as they're meant to be used. They're used as a tool to share their interests, to show their ideas. They tend to communicate with adults because they need help recording their ideas rather than because they're trying to be social. Their ideas come out connected to one another and you can follow the jump from one idea to the next so that they create what might be called a story list. For these kids, they want to write because they want to share their ideas and how they relate to one another rather than tell someone else's story or to talk about factual information. The second type of play is procedural play. These kids like structured activities like board games and materials with a prescribed use like puzzles and blocks. They spend lots of time in construction and spatial activities. They do a lot of trial and error and they test and evaluate alternate ways of doing things and they like to problem solve and experiment with cause and effect. When they hit the writing table, these children excel at conventional writing activities. They love structured activities that have been previously demonstrated by the teacher, such as alphabet recognition or writing the alphabet. They like cutting activities. They like drawing symbols like smiley faces that they've seen their teacher draw. Since adults often put an emphasis on these kinds of activities, we would expect that most of our kids would choose to engage with them, but they don't. It's the procedural kids who do. They often have lots of written examples around them of names and shapes and letters and so forth. Uh, so they use these to double check their work. And when they interact with adults, they're typically looking for praise for the work that they've produced. Sometimes they'll give themselves a negative evaluation of their work and give up. And they'll often resist a teacher's suggestion that they compose freely or draw freely or read any of the unconventional marks that they might have made. They'll say, I can't or I don't know how. And when they do go out on a limb with experimental writing, for example, they'll still follow the procedure they've been shown as closely as possible. So their purpose in engaging with writing is to learn how to do writing. The third is creative play. These kids like to experiment with materials. They like to transform things. They're not interested in following the teacher-approved procedure, such as using crayons to draw a picture. Instead, they'll use the crayons to build a tower. 
They'll spend a lot of time engaging in fantasy play. They'll take a novel approach to play compared to others. They like to investigate and they won't be constrained by proper ways to engage with materials. When it comes to writing, these kids love open-ended activities, but they're not about to use the materials in a traditional way. They'll spend lots of time experimenting. For example, they might work out which erasers will rub out pencil marks on different writing surfaces. They might not talk much, and when they do talk, it might be um, to comment on their own work rather than to ask for help or to ask a question. They might even ignore the children around them to just keep on going with their own investigations instead. They might completely ignore any adult's attempt to get them to engage in traditional activities such as writing their name or tracing letters. They may not be interested in feedback or assistance. Their focus is seeing how creative they can be with the materials at hand. Fourthly, we have social play. These kids love dramatic play. They love to get out the play clothes and the props and pretend to be the mailman or a nurse. They use toys or props to act out real-life situations and they focus on relationships, on roles, on the rules and structures of society. They practice social routines and love kitchen sets, occupation play sets, play telephones and so forth. Their play often focuses on building relationships, managing relationships and maintaining relationships with the kids around them. These children may engage more evenly with a variety of writing tasks than the other three groups of children. This is not so much because they enjoy different tasks equally, but because their motivation is to socialise, so they tend to be happy to become involved in whatever their friend is doing. They enjoy chatting with the adult nearby and they're open to suggestions to write freely and to explain or read the marks they've been making on paper. They are much more likely to encourage other children to join them. Their purpose is largely social, a way to interact and communicate with others. So to put these four play orientations into one sentence each, kids with conceptual interests are primarily interested in writing about their ideas. Creative kids want to experiment with materials. Social kids use writing activities to engage and socialise with others. And procedural kids want to produce conventional writing in conventional ways. To quote the research, learning to write for them is a puzzle to be solved through careful observation and practice. If we can see these preferences in our young children, what does that mean? Firstly, it means that we can think about the materials and activities we're offering. Are they open-ended or highly structured? Are they able to be used in some way by all our kids if they're allowed to follow their natural inclinations? Is there something for everyone or are we leaving some kids out? Secondly, are we judging children, either openly or unintentionally, by the way they interact with the materials we provide? Are we frustrated by the free-spirited experimenter? Or are we frustrated by the kid who won't write freely or draw freely because they want to do everything correctly? Thirdly, are we using the positive traits of children from all four streams to highlight how different we are and how much we can learn from each other? 
Or are we subtly letting some kids know that their approach to learning isn't good enough? How can we turn that around? Fourthly, how do we communicate a child's progression in literacy to parents or other staff in a way that respects a child's personal play orientation? And fifth, is a child's play orientation stopping them from progressing in the traditional sense? And since they're only little, does that even matter? Does it matter to you, to the child or to their parents? It's a good thing to think through. And to think through if we've got kids who enjoy other kinds of activities, how can they encourage each other to uh, diversify and get more experience from different activities, a broader range of activities? So that's it for our chat on how young children choose to engage with writing materials and pre-writing activities. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. It helps others find the podcast. And remember, you can find the transcript of this episode, plus the references I used and a summary infographic at lizesearlylearningspot.com. Click on the podcast tab and look for episode 17. Actually, I have quite a few posts on pre-writing. So if you go to my blog and click on the literacy tab, there's a tab for pre-writing. And there are posts, for example, that go through what all the essential pre-writing skills are. There's quite a lot of them. And it, uh, there's lots of ideas there of how to encourage your kids to get writing before they even put pencil on the paper. Just like Sue did, you can reach out to me with requests or comments in the comments section of my blog or through my Facebook page, which is also called Liz's Early Learning Spot, or email me at lizesearlylearningspot at gmail.com. This podcast is part of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts by educators, podcasts for educators. To check out more education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. Thanks for joining me to learn more about early childhood research and I wish you happy teaching and learning. Thanks for listening to the Early Childhood Research Podcast at www.lizesearlylearningspot.com.